welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. podcast welcome to episode 118 and my guest this week is Danny Gray who is the founder of Jack which is a free mental health platform providing interactive responses to over 50,000 questions on topics from depression to eating disorders to anxiety and addiction Jack is spelled J-A-A-Q and it stands for just ask a question and it all came about because Danny has a diagnosis of body dysmorphia disorder and he said that from a young age and one of the tools that helped him to manage this was makeup he found that wearing makeup helped his confidence and it positively influenced the way he felt about his appearance and that would eventually lead him to launching war paint for men which is the first ever cosmetic brand created especially for men and he took that on Dragon's Den and he did this incredible pitch I've put a link in the notes but he opens the pitch talking about his experience with mental illness and from there it absolutely blew up and Danny found himself in a position where people were getting in touch to ask him loads of questions about BDD and about mental health and that's kind of where the idea for Jack started to form it's an incredible platform I'm not going to sit here and waffle on for 20 minutes and tell you how great it is you'll hear what I think about it in the episode but go and have a play go and mess about on it it's free to use it's easy to use instant access and as Danny discusses in this episode the plans he's got are incredible and the potential for this really is massive I just think it's a wonderful wonderful thing and in this episode I chat to Danny all about BDD and the impact that this has had on his life over the years we talk about some of the tools he uses on a daily basis to be able to manage BDD and we chat about how his experiences led him to setting up both Warpaint and Jack and we chat a lot about all the behind the scenes stuff and bringing it together and what he wants the platform to do and some of the incredible people that are involved quite a few of those incredible people our previous guests on this podcast there's a lot of crossover between Jack and Proper Mental people like Johnny Benjamin and Josh Connolly and Alistair Campbell and next week's guest Rory O'Connor so if you listen to any of those episodes and you thought you know what I'd love to ask them a question about mental health Well, log on to Jack and you can do exactly that. There are a couple of things you need to know about this episode. Unfortunately, I had a bit of a technical hitch when it came to the sound. So the room that Danny was recording in was quite big and echoey. And unfortunately, on the day, he didn't have any headphones. So the sound kind of like bounces off itself. And it does sound a little unusual. It's a really good conversation. And I just got dragged into it. And I just didn't really notice. It was only when I went to put all this together and I had the audio without the video that something just didn't sound right. So I sent it off to an outside producer. First time I've ever done that so what I ended up doing is I sent it out to an outside producer which is something I've never done before but I need to give a huge shout out to 76 who is a podcast producer and a hip-hop producer and a spoken word artist he's worked on the MMA fan club podcast do Whiffin's off the beaten track the hear me see me podcast he's done all sorts of stuff so I sent it to him and I said look is this salvageable basically and he had a bit of a play around with it and he tweaked a few things and he sent it back and he certainly made it listenable very much so he did an incredible job so huge thank you to 76 but i just wanted to give you the heads up because it's not perfect it is a little echoey but bear with it give it a few minutes your brain will get used to it it's worth staying with because danny's a wonderful bloke his passion and his energy is infectious 
you know, I came off this call and I was like, I need to do something. I need to start something. I need to work harder. He's just one of those people that he's just so passionate and so fired up. That really comes across. He's got a really important story and what he's doing with Jack is really important too. So it's worth riding out any audio bumps and staying with it. I've put all the links to the Jack website and all the social media stuff all in the episode notes. All my stuff is in there too. There's a link to Danny on Dragon's Den and there's a link to 76's website as well. So go and check out all of those things. And I hope you really enjoy this episode. It's episode 118 with Danny Gray. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest today is Danny Gray. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, mate, thanks for joining me. I really, uh, really appreciate it. I'm, uh, I've spent quite a lot of time on the on the website in the prep to this. And I'm, yeah, really excited to kind of uh, get into it and have a chat. Um, so let's do exactly that, mate. Let's just jump in with Jack. What is it? What's the name? What is it you're doing with this incredible platform? Okay, thanks, mate, for the feedback. So Jack is, uh, Jack Sanders is J-A-A-Q, so it stands for Just Ask a Question. So what I want to do is create a free uh, platform for people to be able to go on and essentially it's a resource for people to get the right information from the right sources. These are people with lived experience. These are top uh, experts, professors, doctors across the country, where you can go on and literally have an interactive conversation. So through hundreds, must I say hundreds, thousands, thousands of pre-recorded videos um, that you can select questions and get the right answers from the right people. And that for me is what's really missing in the mental health space. It's the right information from, from the right people. So hopefully with Jack, we've, we've sort of uh, helped them with that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I just think that's um, it's spot on and it's so important. You know, I often think that people um, from my own experience, right, when I got um, I had a breakdown in 2016 and um, I didn't know what was happening. And I used to like sit up all night, just like Googling stuff. But when you don't know what's happening, you don't even know like what to Google. Right. But having that thing where you can just kind of go through the questions and pick exactly what you want to know and ask people to know what they are talking about. That's so important. That's so, so, so important. Right. Absolutely, mate. And I think like what you've used there, like Google, is a great engine, it's a great product, but not necessarily for everything, right? So if you go, if you go on Google, I always use this as an example, you put in what is depression, you actually get 3.2 billion hits. Um, and then you, you scroll down and all of the first sort of four or five, you would click on them, and like the NHS, right? Great resource, but it's all text. It's, it's literally pages and pages of text, no empathy, mis- mismanagement of uh, information, or if you don't, you go to someone else, you come back to ask another question, you go to someone else's page, you get some different information. So it can be very conflicting, very confusing. You know, you go to Google with a headache and potentially you've got cancer, right? I think that's the analogy that a lot of people use. So with our platform, we've got a search bar, you can go on there. If you put in what is depression, you just get a list of every expert or creator that's on the platform. You can literally click on what is depression. You'll go to Paul Gilbert, who's an OBE, he's a leading expert in the UK, and he answers that question for you. So... And I think when we talk about information, right, everything's based on crisis at the moment. So 10 years is the average length of when someone first feels something to where they reach out on mental health. They reach out in crisis and all of that resource and information it's about is generally based on crisis. And a lot of people wait until they hit crisis right, to reach out. So what I want people to do with Jack 
is be able to feel to come on a little bit earlier, maybe get the right information. Because if you get the right information earlier on in the journey, I promise you it helps you understand it. I was actually at a talk yesterday. Uh, we did a takeover day, Jack at Havas, the marketing agency. The big talk, loads of creators there. It was amazing. And I did a talk and the girl came up to me afterwards. And she was like, I just can't believe what the platform is. And she, she'd been on it the night before. And she said for literally years in the last, especially last few months, she just didn't know what was wrong. You know, and she went on there, asked a few questions. She started understanding that this might be something what I'm feeling. So she got a better understanding of it. So it was helping her, her manager. And that's, and that's what our mission is with Jack. Yeah, definitely. Being able to ask those questions, it helps people to to start to find the words because I think a lot of it is very, very easy for us to sit here and say, oh, talk about it, ask for help. But it's like, well, ask who? What do I say? You know, when do I say it? But being able to ask those specific questions of people, you can also, you can borrow the language, you know, the bits that apply to you. And then when you go to your GP or your therapist or whoever you're going to go to, you've got like something to start with, if that makes sense from other people's words, because it, a lot of this stuff is is language-based, right? If you don't know what something is, how can you talk about it? How can you ask for help? So having that there is, is really, really important. Do you, um, so you get these people in Danny, these experts and like film with them for, you know, throughout the day and asking them these questions. And then it goes up on the website and people can pick, pick the questions, right? That's kind of the setup. Absolutely. So like we get, as I said, lean experts, doctors, we've got quite a few celebrities on the platform, well-known people, inspirational people, people with lived experience. We'll do like a discovery call with them. We'll go through, all the questions that we want to ask, they will adjust those. And we can literally, in a session, in a day, we ask between 100 and 150 questions that are experts. So always use Pill Gilbert as an example for depression, leading doctor in the UK, professor. We asked him over 120 questions about depression. He's been for six hours, right? So imagine that. If you try and digest that information in one video, it's impossible, right? But with ours, you can go on and we've literally listed every question that's been asked. You can click it. We've gone on this amazing journey of exploration and get the right information. So film it in a, in a day, and then it's in this new technology that we've created where you can literally quick, uh, click a button and, well, I don't know what you think, but it literally feels like they're talking to you as well, which is really important because a lot of content online, it doesn't feel like necessarily they're talking to you. It's like they're talking at you or it's filmed a conversation where this is very much direct as if they're answering your question that you're selecting. And that's for me. The other bit as well around the information, people can read a lot of things or go through a lot of things. And there's a lot of information, but it's not necessarily what they, they want to know, right? So they might have a question, a certain question that they want to answer, and they have to go through a whole video for 45 minutes to try and find the right answer. With us, it's very easy to negate and find the information that you're after, and then it can hopefully open up to other things, right? Yeah, definitely. That was something that really jumped out for me when I was having a look on there was uh, like how interactive it feels. It feels really personal. And I love that, um, like in amongst the questions, as well as the mental health ones, there was also stuff like, how are you today? And stuff like that, because that really, it turns it into a conversation. And while you're looking through the questions, I love that the the camera must have still been rolling, right? Because you see people like maybe they have a little stretch or move in the chair. And it's like the photos on the wall in like Harry Potter in Hogwarts yeah, you know, yeah. when they're like moving around, man. I thought that was really sick, but it makes it feel really personal. It makes it feel like, you know, like you're part of a conversation rather than just consuming content, if that makes sense. And that's the other thing for me, what we want to mental, I think a lot of people get scared or are scared of like mental health, right? And mental health is, everyone thinks it's an illness or... It's anxiety, depression, eating disorders, suicide prevention. It's, it's, you know, that's what I think mental health is absolutely isn't. It's every minute of every day for me, 50, 50% physical, 50% mental. So 
you know, we've got yoga on there. We've got sound healing, fitness, there's physical, there's fertility, there's uh, hair loss, there's all different types of things. But when you say about funny questions, right, you can even go on to yoga, ask Adam Hustar Creator, what happens if I fart during yoga? You know, so we, we try and make some some general questions about the people as well so you get to understand who they are rather than just really hard information. And that's the difference for me. We want to break down that, I hate the word stereotype, but, you know, mental health is every minute. And I want Jack to be a, a cool platform people can come to and find out the right information. Because that's the other thing for me. If you make, if we try and make the coolest mental health brand on the world, in the world, we will change mental health. Because at the minute, it's not cool, it's not relevant. And it's, you know, I'll come here, chat to me behind a window, oh, sorry, a, a curtain, we'll talk about it. No, mental health is something you should explore every day or understand. And once you understand it, it can change everything. Yeah, that's. I think that's how it. That's how the the stigma dies, right? It's bringing it out into the into the norms. So you can you know you can talk about it on a bus. You can look at Jack when you're you know waiting for a train or you know any other transport related analogies that seem to be coming to me. But um, yeah, it, it's part of every part of everyday life. Yeah. Do you remember when you thought of the idea, Danny? Because it's one of those things. And I had um Jake Mills on from the Hub of Hope. That's another really incredible platform. And uh, it was one of those things I was chatting to him about. Is that like. Obviously, the platform itself is really complicated, but the idea is relatively simple. And when you thought of it, did, was it? Did you kind of think, Has someone? Why isn't this out there? <laughs> you know, like why has no one done this? Right? Yeah, I, look, I've got. Uh, I don't know if any of your, your listeners know, but I've got an, another business. Uh, so I own a men's makeup brand. It's called Warpaint, which is I launched sort of five years ago. So I've been wearing makeup for the last twenty years because it's a tool that I've used to help with my own mental health uh, struggles or illness that I have that is body dysmorphic disorder um, and like for example right I'm on Zoom with you now I'm not looking at you I'm looking at me to make sure I look alright which is ridiculous but like that's an illness that I've got that I'm learning to manage so I was just using makeup as a tool to help me manage that for the last 20 years create my own men's makeup brand five years ago scale pretty well it's got a lot of press we just launched some super drug and, and all sorts but I was getting loads of customers reaching out to me to ask me questions about mental health. And because I've been very vocal about my, my struggles with body dysmorphia, and they were saying, look, can we just have a chat? Mums and dads were asking me, uh, people who are going through stuff, people supporting people. And then one night I had a call with uh, a girl uh, who messaged me on Instagram who said her boyfriend has body dysmorphia. He's, got, he's had it for years, I didn't even know. He's just gone to his local GP. Um, he said, you've got body... This guy's in turmoil, by the way. Turmoil. How I was a few years ago. Went to a local GP and he said, well, you've got body dysmorphia, but you've got to see a specialist on the NHS. 36-week lead time. Wow. So this guy's in crisis. He's got to wait 36 weeks to go and speak to someone, right? So once you find... You're like, right, what is BDD? Where'd you go? And they said it was just a disaster. So all they want to do is have a chat with me about it. I gave him some bits of information from my own personal story and the reaction was just unbelievable, right? They were saying the girl was a good example of it. The girl said, I, I tell him he looks great all the time, but it doesn't help. I said, look, I'll be honest, if you said that to me, it's probably the worst thing you could ever say. And she was like, what? And I explained why. I said, look, when I'm struggling and getting ready, my mum used to do the same thing. So you look amazing. But in my head, I'm like, fucking hell, mum. Well, that's not going to help me. Because it's not about that. It's about maybe saying, stop, slow down, don't worry about being late. And he sat behind her, nodding his head, right? And I was like, all we need to do is give people info. And now, through those few, an hour interaction with me, she messaged me and said, we've had more from that than anything we've ever looked at or read. And then I did see some technology, 
that was being used for this interactive conversation. And I was like, my God, that, that is exactly what should be used. And then I couldn't sleep that weekend. Um, and literally was lying on my sofa at half one in the morning and came up with the name Jack. Uh, so I sh- And then I looked on my phone and the domain name was available. So I shipped myself, uh, ran around trying to find a domain name, bought it, sat down half one. And I couldn't sleep, so I literally sat on the sofa and built a really basic website with the concept of what Jack was, and that's about 18 months ago. And it's just been a whirlwind since then, right? So, um, and we've got to where we are today. So that's how I come up. I came up with the concept, but it was almost like I don't say like I'm a god on me. It's like it was like the one part with the name. It's like the Matrix. I could see what the platform is and what it should be, and now I had to try and nail some big names. Well, I say big names like experts in the field. And through the BDD Foundation, they put me in contact with David Ville, Professor David Ville, who's the leading expert for BDD in metaphobia and many other things. I pitched to him what I wanted to do, and he was just like, it's unbelievable. Um, and then he came on, filmed, and then it just snowballed from there, really. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's fantastic. I think that it's the it's the technology that really makes the difference, you know? And I kind of, I think I said before, like, why has no one done it sooner? And that's probably why, is because it's like, how, how do you even begin? But um, yeah, it just seems to have all all just open up for you, mate, and just worked worked perfectly. Yeah, well, it's so sick. Well, that well, that's it for me. It was about you know what this why this tip is so good in the platform. It's how do you take all of this information, and have it in one section, right? So like Paul Gilbert's been for six hours, wow. like giving gold dust information. Like how do you put that on a website? Like how do you put it in a video? It's almost impossible. But through this, like we've got over we've got over fifty thousand questions on the platform. You know, and that's just for starters. And you think, well, if someone wants to create a platform, it was almost impossible to do that, right? Because mental health for me is, it's not just depression. It's not, it's everything. So what, what's really great for us is that we can very quickly go into different fields, right? So look, if we want to talk about climate change, because you know, there's a mental impact with that, like we can film an expert, put it on the platform, and we've got a wealth of information all in one place, all about that topic, Right. So it becomes very easy to negate and, and get the right information rather than if you were to put that in text format where a lot of or a lot, a lot of platforms do. At the moment, you you know, you just read text. Like, I'm telling you now, that is not the way that young people, or not even saying young people, even the older generation don't digest content like that. We've got to look at social media, right? What happened? It was Facebook originally posting on a forum. Okay, it evolved a lot. Then TikTok, uh, Instagram came along. It's all about photos. And what is it now? TikTok. Yeah. It's digesting information. So you empathy with it. You can digest more. You can just digest up to 80% more visually than by reading for a lot of people. So hopefully we've, 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 um, we've, we've succeeded in trying to do that. Yeah, I think very much so. And like given when people are able to get just that little bit of information, right? Like that couple of speaking to you, it kind of, that information can give you a little bit of control and so much about mental illness is when you feel like you haven't got control, it's got control of you and you don't even know how to get that control back. And it just takes a few facts, a bit of information from the right person at the right time. And it can just give you a feeling of like, Oh no, hang on. I can get back in control of this situation and do something to, to get better. You know, it is just ever so, um, ever so important. It's incredible. Um, you mentioned your, you know, your own uh, struggles there, Danny, how did that start for you, mate? If we rewind a little bit. Um, yes, yeah, so when I was I was 12 years old, I was in my sort of my middle school. Uh, I was in the like, football team. I'd, I enjoyed school, didn't have a problem. And then a couple of lads on the playground started taking mick up my ears and flapping, flapping their ears. But my ears used to be right angles to my head. And they were singing like the R. Kelly song, I Believe I Can Fly. 
um, which means I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore, which is a fucking bonus. Um, but, and then all of a sudden from, from nowhere, without even worrying about my appearance, I, I went straight home and I was like, oh my God, they do stick out. And that was it for me. So 12 years old, within four months, I had my ears pinned back on the NHS, which that shows me, you, look, I didn't make that conscious decision, but my mum did it. Shows me how much it must have been affecting me at 12 for my mum to make a conscious decision for me to have an operation, right? Yeah, definitely. But, it didn't fix the issue for me. So it got to about 15, 16, it just got worse. And this is what I was talking about. I had to build up a mental health from, you know, oh, 12, that's when I first felt something. I did fuck all about it till I was 28, 29. And this is what society is doing at the minute. It gradually gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then you reach out. And then the thing is now, you see all these documentaries, which I think you've touched on it just a minute ago. I have to do my head in around, right, it's, it's a story about something or someone with, a, with something with mental health, which is really great to get that message out. But then at the end, what, 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 what is said? We need to talk. I'm like, we get it. We've been saying that same message for 15 years. Problem is these people, you know, average 10-year wait, people are a year or two years in, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, they are not going to reach out straight away and talk about it. However, because they don't know what's wrong with them. They don't know if there is something wrong. They don't know if it's, it, do I have, look, do I have depression or am I just sad? People, this is what you asked Paul Gilbert. He said, there's a big difference between just being sad and depression, you know? So what we want to try and do, or I do, if people early on feel somewhere they can go and say, I'm not sure what's wrong. I'm going to go here onto Jack. Oh my God, that's quite relatable. The recovery is so much quicker. And it's all about prevention and getting access to information a little bit earlier for me. So that's what, you know, that's what's critical in mental health. It's not just about talking, people fucking get it. Because the other thing as well, mate, is about people supporting people with mental health. So my mum, for example, when I was in my worst, and I was a nightmare to live with, ripping T-shirts off, I'm te- like, where's she going? She ain't going to a direct GP. She ain't going to her mates about it, right? And she's just sat there. Where do, where do they get information about supporting someone? Because... Mental health is as much about someone going through something as someone supporting someone with something. And that's throughout our network as well. So there's this stat that goes out that one in four people will have a mental health condition or problem in their lifetime, right? So what that tells me, everyone in the UK is affected by it. Because I'm seeing now that one in four, that's only what people really know. It's probably more than that are affected. And if you think of the supporting network around them, everyone's affected by it. And that's just an illness, let alone general mental health. So it's really important that we give people access to this information. They don't have to book into a doctor. Don't want to talk to a mate about it. You know, let's talk, I always use eating disorders as an example. Imagine, like, this is a heart condition, right, eating disorders. So we've got Janet Treasure. She's literally been passed as the number two in the world for eating disorders by the government, right? She's unbelievable, OBE. When she spoke to us, she said, it's n- therapy is not the most important thing, believe it or not, for eating disorders. It's the support, five supporting network around them to get the right information because they're with them every day. And they can, that's what, that is more important than them going to therapy because that needs to be right. So for me, the supporting network is as important as the person going through. And at the minute, there is nowhere for those people to go or to get really good information and something. So we've got in every, in every uh, conversation is about supporting. So, you know, you can go on there and ask like, how can I support someone or, Let's talk about addiction or whatever it is. You speak to someone with a lived experience. What's the worst thing to say to you? Well, this. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I won't say that. So if I use eating disorders as an example, imagine my best mate turns to me. I'm using this hypothetically. My son and daughter, whatever it may be, I'm tend to eat another mouthful. You know, just like they're not doing it. And like me as a mate, how can I give them information or support? 
a lot of time as a mate, all you need to do is listen, right? That's what you should do as a mate. But for you being able to give them advice on what to do, it's fucking impossible. And I'm telling you now, a lot of the time, that mate ain't going to go to the doctor. He's not going to go. Do you know where he's going to go? Online, get the wrong information. So imagine now you can go on Jack, you can literally go on there, you can highlight questions, save it to a My Jack section. You send one email that just pings that conversation to your mate without having to talk to them, you know, without having to have that conversation because that's fucking difficult. Imagine just being able to ping Janet Treasure to your mate and go, just take a look at that, think it'll be your mate. That, for me, is how we can change everything. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I didn't know about uh, being able to send that to people as well, you know. That's, you've got um, my, you probably haven't seen it, but on, there's a My Jack section where you could literally go around and just register. It's completely free. You can go onto any conversation, like questions, like conversation, like pages, follow people, and it collates all of the My Jack section, like, like Pinterest. So, And then you can create a board for someone like Pinterest. So imagine your mum, like most, not... They might not necessarily have a mental health condition. Imagine they're struggling with finances, can't sleep at the minute, right? Imagine if they're, new, like they're not eating the right food. Imagine you just go around, ping a few things, and you go, bam, to have a chat with your mum about it, because that's fucking difficult. And you send them a little thing, go, look, I thought this might be cool. And then you can put some cool people in there as well, right? You can put some fun stuff, because we've got celebrities on there, like people selling funny stuff. It's cool, it's got great content. So it's rather than, here's a leaflet for you, about some information, go and, have, go and speak to a few of these people. And that's, for me, where this could become very powerful about the shareability of it and be, not having to have that conversation everyone fucking talks about, no one's going to fucking do, by the way, for a long time. You know, in this early stage, imagine people will come for, oh, this is really cool content. I think my mate might like that. I'm going to send it to him. Yeah, it's... um. Mate, it just makes it so easy, doesn't it? Because that conversation's hard for a couple of reasons. You know, people, they don't want to talk. One of the reasons people don't want to talk is because they don't know how that's going to be received. And they don't know how it's going to be received because the people receiving it can be scared to receive it because they don't know what they're going to say, right? So it kind of works from both sides. And I feel like I kind of, I say this on pretty much every other episode I do, right? But out of all the incredible people I've spoken to, the episode that I get the most emails, the most messages, the most everything is the one I did with my wife. And we went through my story from her perspective. And that just hit with so many people because there's so many people who had someone in their life who was struggling and they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what to do. And it just shows the importance of the people around the poorly person being able to um, access all that. I'm telling you now, mate, it's the most important thing. Like for me, it was without doubt, I feel like an arsehole the way I treated my mum. Because when I was was 19, 20, 21, getting ready, I'd come down, I'd rip teacher trials, I was punching holes in walls because I didn't know how to manage myself and this anxiety that I was building up from getting ready. And I, I feel bad now, mate. It makes me upset because my mum would be sitting in her chair and she hadn't got like, like this. So I'll be giving her anxiety because at the beginning she's saying, you look great. I'll shut it down or ignore it. And then what does she know what to say? Nothing. How does she know where, like, say to me, oh, you need to see someone about it. You know, so this is why I want to create Jack. Because imagine now my mum be able to go on Jack, understand something, and maybe she's sending me something, but I'm just talking to me about it. And if I want to look at it, I want to look at it. And my mum can get the right information and maybe approach with me in a different way. Because as you just said, people, you know, if your mate talks to you about something that they're going through or someone they know is going through too, and you don't know what to say. And by the way, the best thing to do is not say anything. You know, just listen, right? You don't have to be saying anything. You're all not the expert. So I, I, I always use this example, right? So when I was bad, I, time was a nightmare for me. Absolute nightmare. So I'll be getting ready to go out with my mates. I'll be upstairs getting ready. They'll be around my house. And they'll be like, Dan, look, the cab's coming at nine. 
and let's say it's 20 to 9, I'm like, fuck. So do you know what happens? I'm getting ready. I'm having a nightmare anyway. Bang. I'm fucked. Because all of a sudden, on the time frame, I'm panicking. Anxiety builds up. When my anxiety builds up, body is more, more, it gets worse and worse and worse. I'm never going to get ready. I force myself to go out and I would say nothing. And normally, if I'm in a good headspace, I'm the life and soul of a party. My mates understood, then found out what I'm doing and understood everything. I come down the next time and as my best mate was sat downstairs with my mum and I went and I just said, look, I'm struggling to get ready. I'll tell him anyway I'm struggling to get ready. But this time, instead of saying, hurry up the cabs, he said, Dan, I've got a beer. He says, take as long as you want, mate. He didn't say anything to me. He didn't tell me what to do. He didn't tell me I look fucking great. I'm telling you now, walked out of the room, like someone lifted a weight off of me, got ready in 15 minutes and I'm out. So one simple bit of understanding of a situation, my best mate, he knew what to do. I'm not going to tell him he looks great. I'm not going to tell him that clothes looks great, that they fit really well and all of the stuff that I keep fucking asking about. Just tell him, take as long as you want. Yeah. Change everything. Yeah, just removing that that pressure, that anxiety, just, it's like saying like, you know, yeah, you're okay to feel this way. You know, like it's like a, yeah. almost like a permission, isn't it? To just kind of like get through what you need to get through in that moment. Danny, how did you go from going from like there? How did you start to be able to understand what this was and to get help with it? Because I think sometimes in a mental health conversation, we go like, I was here and then like now I'm here and it's good. But the hardest thing I think is that bit, in the middle is like finding what is going wrong and, you know, and getting that help with it in the first place. How did that work for you? Um, it didn't really make from honest. Like there wasn't a, what, what actually happened, uh, I just, it gradually got worse and worse from 18, 19, 20, 25. Like I then, my routines would get longer. It would take me too long, like long, long time to get ready. And then I met my fiance, I've been with 14 years, um, two young boys with, uh, my life and she knew within a month and that's because she suffered with it slightly because BDD by the way can suffer can hit a lot of people they don't even know they've got it right there's a spectrum like everything you can be here where you've got BDD of some sort it can take you a bit of time but it doesn't affect your life we're up here you can't get out of the fucking house right so she had had a, a form of it and she she just said to me look Dan you've got something called BDD but I just I ain't got a clue what she was saying Literally, we just went and did, had a look at it. I ticked every fucking box, mate. Every box. And I was like, oh. And just her saying that, me understanding that this was an illness rather than I'm just fucking, you know, what's wrong with me? Am I vain? Like, and then I understood what I had, but I didn't do anything about it. And it got worse and worse. And I got up to about 30. I was doing, I was going out a lot, lot of drugs, mate, lot of drugs, staying up all night. Because once I got pissed and off my head, I felt good. And I felt, you know, I, I'll go out not feeling great. You know, when I force myself, have, have a drink, probably take some drugs. And all of a sudden, bang, I'm in. I'll, I'll forget about it. And But the problem was, for me, I had a moment I was working and I got in my car um, to go home. And I looked in the rearview mirror. I was like, oh God, there's a gap in my hairline. So what's that? And I looked in the review mirror and there was a gap. And look, I, I, look, we're on Zoom, mate. No one can hear, see this. Who's watching, who's listening. But I'll, you probably see I've got, I'm very fortunate, I have very good hair. And I was like, what's that? And that was it for me, mate. Two years. Every minute it got to of every day. All I thought about was hair loss. Like, obsessive. Like, like it ruled my life. I'll be talking to you now looking at your hair. That's all I can think about. And like, how old are you? Oh, he's got good hair. 
like, okay, you know, TV shows, I'll go to work, I'll just be researching. Um, but the thing is, I wasn't losing my hair, and that's what BDD can do. So I was having a lot, going out even more drugs, and then eventually I'd, this was a little secret of mine, really, that I was doing all this research. People knew, but not to the extent, and that's the problem with mental health as well, a lot of the time. People sort of know something's going on. I'm telling you now, a lot of times, 10 times worse than that person's head, right? So if you're thinking a little something, they're probably right up here or feeling of, of getting worse and worse and worse till, till they're going to like have that breakdown or is it, you know, hit real crisis. And that's what happened to me. And eventually I was like, it's four o'clock in the morning. And I was like, fucking off my head, mate. And I just broke down. And when I woke up, my mother-in-law of all people, just like, I can't, I need to talk to you. I can't tell you like what's going on in my head. It was just too much. And then, but then, then you realise that the people who love you, the support is just ridiculous, right? And it just felt like, off lease. I've told people I'm going through this. And then I didn't look, I went and had some therapy sessions, um, which did really help me. I was a big, I was against, not against, I didn't believe in it. And all they did was make me understand why I have BDD. And they said some stuff from my, stuff like this, right? Like when I was younger, I thought I was worthless. Like, just, just this is me. I've never really talked about this as well. When I was going through school and that, I was very sporty. I was captain of the school football team and all of that. But I wasn't, you know, academically. I did quite well in a few subjects, poorly in others. So now I realise I've, I've got dyslexia and stuff like that. But, you know, and I felt just across my, all my other family were doing really, really well. And I was this guy. And then I can remember going to, like, a family party and someone I didn't like there in my family just said, oh, but you are, like, I went through everyone, we're like, oh my God, he, he's going to be a fucking doctor, he's this, oh my God, he got 12 GCSEs, and then, like, to me, it was like, well, well yeah, you are the best looking. Right? And all I remember from that is being, fuck, that's really important. You know, people think I'm good looking. I know that sounds ridiculous, Not but so. I thought that's all I had, mate, mm. so anytime I went to a party, I had to look immaculate, do you know what I mean? And then, but I didn't know that until I spoke to his therapist who went through my life, stuff, stuff happened to me when I was younger. And then he explained it. And I was like, fuck. You know, and that changed everything for me. I mean, gradually it was about getting info and finding stuff that worked for me was really important, right? Like, what do I need to do? Because I don't think I'm, I'm never going to get rid of this. But if you look at me now, compared to how I was when I was 28, 29, like I did a nightmare with my clothes this morning, mate. Like, don't know why. Just I had an outfit. I changed twice. Normally that was spiral, spiral. But today I was fine. You know, got through it and just calmed down. Took I missed my train on purpose. Normally in the office at eight. So taking the seven, I took the seven thirty-seven. Had a bit of a slowdown. Took some time. Had some water. Went back up. Went back to something I was comfortable in. And I got out and I feel good today. You know. So it's me learning how to how to manage it, but that, that that's a fucking long winded answer, mate. Oh, mate, it's a beautiful answer. Yeah, it was really lovely, and thank you very much for like you know getting into it with me, man. I appreciate it. But it's um it's interesting, isn't it, with like mental illness? I always kind of think it is like you know we like managing it or almost like learning to live live with it, but not necessarily put up with it. It's almost like living in like a partnership 
right? So I used to, when I was poorly, I was, used to want to control my mental health and I used to fight back at it. And I used to really try and like fucking, you know, meet it with aggression. But, you know, mental illness is always, it can fight dirty. It's stronger than you are. It's fucking snidey, you know? But as soon as I kind of like made peace with it and said, right, this is a part of me and we've got to live together, man. Like, you know, it's, um, that's when things start to change, isn't it? When you change your relationship with that, with, with, with what's going on with you. But you can say about me, and that's look, Alistair Campbell, right? I've got I've got very pally with him now. He's a legend, by the way, legend. He's been huge for me for this platform. Like he, you know, when I met him, yeah, banter. Like it, he was funny, he's bright, not like honestly, like one of the nice guys I've ever met. And then he would just be like that, and then he said, I'll feel it, and it's coming you know, his depression. And then he could be out for four or five days. But he's not, he, he's, he, you know, he knows it's coming. He's learned to live with it. And I was a bit like, so that, that's what I've done. Right? I've learned I'm never going to get up. My life is completely different because I've learned it's a part of me. And I've just had, to, I've just learned tools to help, help me manage it rather than just fight it. Because as soon as, like you're saying, right, you try and fight it, fight it, it just gets worse and worse and worse. You just got to accept it and say, right, okay, but if you learn how to manage it, that's why I'm always banging on about fucking information, mate. You know, that you don't have to go to a doctor, all the time go to a doctor or go to an expert to have therapy. Not everyone needs therapy, but if you are, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've been feeling this way, I'll get stressed or maybe this is happening or, but you get tools and learn how to manage it because stress is part of life, right? Everything is just, I've just had the worst deja vu, mate, in my life. Yeah. Fucking weird is that? that I've been talking to you in that environment i'm so sorry i've just got off peace it was <laughs> not bizarre at all. not at all That's i believe sick. in fate as well mate do you know that so mm. um that was just a bit weird but i think learning to can to live with it just changes changes everything and i, I actually had um i told a therapist that i don't think i could ever be cured i hate that word and they sort of disagreed with me but i was like you can to a point right where you're you can just live normal life i live long enough now compared to what i did but of course i'm still gonna have moments and they understand, right, at work, if I'm stressed, if, if, if stuff personally is going on, or, or especially work, right, like running a business is fucking hard, hard. Sometimes that, then when that comes really hard, my BDD comes out. So I've learned that that is because of work rather than the way I look. Do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. that makes me, when I'm having a bit of a moment, I go, oh, I actually works really fucking hard at the minute. I'm stressed. This is why I don't feel I look okay. Yeah, and that's, that's just understanding, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because I was going to ask you about that, Danny, because you um, are like I follow you on social media and stuff. You're a busy man, you know. You're everywhere doing these things, you know, like two businesses now, you know, with Jack. And uh, I was going to ask how that impacts you, how that busyness. Do you um, do you have to make time to purposely like slow down and make space to yeah. um, to breathe a bit? Yeah. Um, do you know what, mate? What I'll say first, I am flat out, right? I am like, it's bit, I've never been as busy in my life, but I love every minute. It's because I'm doing something I'm passionate about. So I'm very fortunate. If I was running a business where we were making a load of money, but I, was, I, I wasn't passionate about the product, I promised you I'll, I'll be in a lot worse position. So because I'm passionate about it, it's not hard for me to talk to you today. You know, I'm not acting. You know, a lot of people go into a role or a job where don't necessarily like the product, you've got fucking act, it's hard work. So, but I do make sure I do a few things, right? Where it's very difficult when you first start a business, you have to be at it. But now I make sure like when I go home, I'm, I don't even look at my phone. 
So, you know, I get home, I'll, I'll come, I'm in the office early, I make sure I'm flat out. Uh, probably everyone would laugh in the office because I'm a bit of a, I just can't sit still, right? And then get get to um, get to five o'clock, I'm, I'm going. Like between half four and half five, I'm out, right? I get home I'm, and I have my time with my kids. I, t- I literally put them put the phone on the side, I won't touch it till all, all night because I don't want to be digested by work all the time. Something bad's going on, they'll call me. And that for me is when I get home, it's my sanctuary, right? I'm just de stressed play with my kids, forget about fucking work, which used to be really difficult for me. But again, that's me learning my management to my mental health because sometimes it's impossible. Like I'm sounding like it's easy, it's not. And that for me is, is really important about having time. Like weekends, right? I ain't working. I ain't touching my phone. I ain't going to be doing emails. And I know there's a lot out there, like you've got to work 24-7. Of course, from seven, from when I'm in the office to when I leave, I, don't, I love it. I'm fucking flat out. But weekends when I get home I ain't doing work because my mental health you know you could do that for two three years I stopped when I first started wall paint and full-time job at a one-year-old no fucking money and I started wall paint on the side and for about nine months I had a full-time job and wall paint it was tough mate yeah tough. man yeah if you don't have those clear boundaries then you end up when you're off work you're never really off and when you're in work you're never really in it's, it gets too blurry doesn't it you know so but all areas of your life um, aren't as good as they can be because they're all kind of like mashed together, you know, but you put them boundaries in and separate it and then like everything gets better. You get more done by working less, if that makes sense, because uh, when you're at work, you're in work, right? Uh, absolutely, Matt. I can feel myself at four o'clock, five o'clock, but I'm just, I'm starting to wane. I'm not, I'm not on it. And that's because, but when I get in in the morning, I'm fucking pumped, mate. I'm ready, yeah, and like I've got some routine. I'll come in for everyone, do my emails, like set my day out, open fucking post, like have a coffee, I'll have my water, I'll do the same thing every day, cold shower, you know, I'm fucking pumped, ready, and I'll fly. But if I was like, well, I've got to five o'clock going, I'm going to get my laptop, I've got to send this out. I'm telling you, the next day, I'm not going to be, you know, so an hours of you on fire for me is as good as five hours of you just muddling through. Yeah, definitely. You know, you mentioned having tools before and they're all tools, right? That's it. All tools, mental health tools don't have to be, you know, all these big expressive things and these routines and all this sort of stuff. It can just be putting some boundaries in place, you know, manage, looking at the overview of your life and saying, right, where can I like put these things in to make things a little bit. What do you enjoy, enjoy, right? What do you enjoy? That's the thing for me. I love work. I love it. I'm very fortunate. I love coming to every day. It doesn't feel like work. I love my family. I love my home life. So as long as you... Do you know what I mean? You make sure you balance it out with stuff you enjoy. You, your head is is in a different place, right? Cold showers as well, mate. Keep hanging on about this. Like, I yeah, know there's like good for you, about yeah. Cold things. Jeez, mate. You know, that's the thing about information for me and about crying and stuff. So I'm not saying it's going to be perfect for everyone, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff about cold showers and or cold therapy. And a couple of people do it. I was like, oh, I'll try it. Fucking hard work for the first few times, mate. Now I'm telling you, I'll do two minutes freezing in the morning. I've got a Superman for two, three hours. Like the endorphins and everything it gives to your body. And it's, they say it's as good as a physical workout. And the, the, it's also very beneficial. You know, I, I, I intermittent fast, which I didn't, I did anyway. But all of this stuff, right? It's just little things that I do that add up to help me manage my mental health rather than why right, I'm just going to go and do. Look, therapy is great, by the way, but I'm just going to do therapy. But I think it's all these little things that you impact on your life. And that, for me, is all about information. So I didn't know about cold showers. 
didn't understand them, didn't know what they did. As soon as you get a bit of information, go, fuck it, that's really good for you. I'll try it. And people say, look, it's real. And then the other thing is real world stories. So if you look at a lot of people talk about cold showers, Joe, uh, Joe Rogan, I, I saw a thing on his podcast, he said he hates it. Oh my good, because I hate it. You know, a lot of people go cold shower, bath, they get in it and you're like, oh my God, it looks really easy. You do, you go, fucking hell. You're like, it's horrible, right? For those two minutes. But then, I, but then he's like, but afterwards, I feel on fire. And then what I know I've done every day, something I didn't want to do. And it makes me feel amazing. So, you know, me then realising that people don't actually enjoy it, or get, you, you know, it makes me feel better. So that's the thing for me about these real-world experiences. That's why on our platform we've got doctors, top professors, uh, experts in their field. But then we've got normal people with their lived experience. And they're more clicked on than our professors, mate. Because people want to relate to people, because that's the real information you get, the real stuff, right? That you can go on and ask questions about and go, yeah, actually, I feel. And then it also gives you hope, because a lot of our stories is a lot of hard hitting information, but all of them are coming back to say, but I'm here and I'm okay. And look, this is this is the stuff I've done and it's impacted my life and made this all a little bit better. So it's almost like you can go back and because when I was at my worst, I'm never going to get out of this. I think that's what people get to with mental health. You get to a place where you're like, I can't see a way out. Like, I was fortunate. I didn't get to a point where, to that point, where I, I literally can't see any way out. I was up there with like, how am I ever, ever going to be normal or have a normal life? I thought it was almost impossible. But then when you see other people who have been in that position and then are, are like flying and saying, I still have those struggles, but actually, you know, you can, it is going to be all right. That gives hope to so many people, mate. Yeah, it's so important. And then with a platform like Jack, not only do you see those people, but then you can ask them, you know, how did it work for you? How did you get there? Yeah. And then it, it fills the gap, right? And it makes it achievable. The idea of it, that hope that it's achievable for everyone, man. And, and they're, so- all, they're all really honest, mate, as well. Like, so what's your worst moment? They'll talk about it, say, but I still haven't. Mm. You know, and that's really refreshing as well. Like, I'm not, wow, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm Superman, I'm back. And like, I don't have a problem. I'm not, I still, still have problems. This is a thing for me, mate. Everyone has it everyone has problems every day everyone has to deal with their mental health it's like the, i always use the analogy of physical health people come to work and they're limping extravagantly because they play football at the weekend they want you to fucking ask what happened yeah <laughs> my hammy playing football or or i'm not saying we need to do that right but in the mental health world it's just normal it's everything is normal. Nutrition is mental health. It's, we've got fertility on the platform, right? Let me use this as an example. Fertility, the problem is, I feel, is not the problem about not conceiving. That's the physical impact. It is the mental impact, especially for men, right? Women as well. But for men not being able to conceive and having that, where the fuck do they go to speak to people who are in that position, who are doing four rounds of IVF, and they're really struggling with it. Affects your relationship, affects you personally. So everyone talks about the physical impact of fertility. Oh, you've got IVF over here. What about the mental impact? How do you know that? My sister had breast cancer last year. It's very close. I'm telling you now, the breast cancer wasn't the problem. It was a lack of information around it and where she could go for a mental impact. So she was amazing. She was a trooper through it. She went for a 12 chemo session. She wore a skull cap, um, ice caps so she didn't lose her hair her eyelashes fell out on the 12th session broke her turned to the doctor and said well what, what's going on do you well yeah that normally happens on the 12th session oh fuck you know 
you know, imagine just being able to go, this is where Jack, we're going to go massive into all cancers, right? Supporting someone with breast cancer. Where do you go to ask someone who's been through breast cancer? What was it like? Were you sick? Did it hurt? How long did chemo take? Imagine, where do you go to ask? Uh, what chemotherapy, I don't understand it. What is it? How does chemo work? Do you know exactly how it works? What it does to your body? Do you know how it beats cancer? I haven't got a clue. Imagine that. You can go to a lean chemo expert. Well, what is chemotherapy? How long does it last? What does it do to the body? Why does it work? Imagine then going to a, an expert who we're going to film, or my sister had to have a um, vasectomy. Uh, is it vasectomy? Um, sorry, if I got it wrong. Imagine going to, we're going to get a leading ex, um, surgeon for breast cancer. What is surgery? How long does it take? Will I be painful? What's recovery like afterwards? Can I get my breast reorganized? Go to my sister, ask her questions. Did you lose your hair? I actually, no, I didn't because I used a skull cap. It was really painful, but I, for me personally, it was worth it. And this is how much it costs. Oh my God, I didn't even know that. How did you stop being sick? Well, actually, there's a drug that the doctor gave me. It worked really fucking well for me. Oh my God, they give you a drug for it. See what I mean, mate? Mate, it's powerful, huh? Like it just it gives people, it's that control thing again, isn't it? It puts you in the driving seat of your own story, right? By having that knowledge, having those people that you can ask. Yeah, it's, um, it's And that's where we'll mate. go with Jack, mate. We can go on everything. Everything. Yeah. Physical health as well, right? So trauma, physical trauma. People do their back in. It is as much about the mental impact of it than the physical. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. You can really go and speak to people about it. So, you know, that's why I think we can become the Google of mental health, mate. Imagine that, that this wealth of information, which you get more and more people on there. And then you go on a search bar, put in breast cancer, you just get people with lived experience, top doctor. Well, what question do you like? That's what I want to know. And then they answer to you like they're fucking speaking to you. Free. Right. Yeah, it's exciting, right? That's how I feel. Hearing you talk about it, I feel like that's an exciting thing. I can feel that excitement, man. That's really, um, really sick. Yeah. I wanted to, I'm conscious of your time today, Danny, but there's something I really wanted to chat to you about. And that was um, when you were- I can uh, chat as well, mate, about it. I can go. <laughs> so, sorry. Oh, I'm sure, man. Yeah, more than welcome here. It makes my job a lot easier. Um, I wanted to ask about when you were on um, Dragon's Den. Um, yeah. And we were like with with Warpaint, the company you mentioned before, and what really stood out to me from when you were in the in the den was that you started your pitch talking about your mental illness, and I, I think we know how hard it is to talk about this stuff. You know, there's so much stigma around it. And I think with anything like eating disorders and body dysmorphia, I think there's additional stigma being a man as well. And and you you came out, and that's what you started with. And I was wondering, like, how much thought you gave into that and what the response was because you know it's a it's a bold move in this world that stigmatizes against mental illness to come out on that massive platform and say bomb this is me um what was that you know what was that like for you it was fate if i'm honest because um prior to that i'd launched the brand six months prior first three months me and a nine-year-old going flat in watford uh, and like it's flying, right? We did 11 grand first month, 28 grand, 34, just growing, growing. And then we went viral on TikTok um, negatively. So we've got 8 million views, 24 hours, trending number one in the world. But we were lambasted across every news article you can imagine CNN, a lot talking about it, saying it's a joke. Like, what's this brand? Like, internet backlashes against men's makeup brands. And on Twitter, it was the comments, mate. Well, unbelievable. But what people were lambasting was the brand. And what I did have on the on Warpaint, I had my story, but it was on the ask, like about our space, but it was very hidden away. So I was still ashamed of it. Even though I launched this brand, and do you know what you worry about more than anything with mental health, mate? It's not your mates. 
it's the people you don't fucking like. You know, it's that outer circle. Who you are, mates, with what you know. And you're worried about what they will think of you. No, you're, I don't care about my mates. They knew. They were proud. I was worried about the outer circle, which, again, is a big problem, which I'm literally, my mindset has changed completely. I literally don't give a shit what people think, who I don't care about. I, it doesn't bother me, but it did then. So we went that viral on Twitter, and it was hard, mate. And we got, and I thought, it's over. But that was on a Tuesday and a Thursday. I'm filming Dragon's Den. So to the point where I'm driving up to Manchester to film it, and I was pulling over to do, because it was the evening, so I'm on the next day. I'm pulling over to do uh, interviews to America. And I was like, uh, the thing is what, no one talks about my story. No one mentioned like the founder was just wallpapering this brand. So I was like, I wasn't going to start my pitch like that. So I just thought that like, I've got to tell the world and not care. And then I went out, told everyone. And then luckily it, it was, it, the reaction was just unbelievable. Like I remember we obviously, I filmed it and it was, I don't know, a month, like it wasn't released for three, four, three months. And then I had all my mates around to watch it. And it was just, it was mad. Like, and it did, and then our, and it trended afterwards, which doesn't normally happen with Dragon's Den. Like, it's on quite a bit, right? But they were like, you're trending. No socks down for Brexit and negotiation. Like, incredible. The outpour was unbelievable. And it was on the front, it was on, not the front page, but it was in Daily Mail, best one in 14 years the next day. And it really shifted everything. So it's almost like I was meant to happen, you know, to go through that turmoil to make that decision. And that's what really drew, made me understand about brand and what people want, right? People think it's a product. It's not to do with a product. It's about what you mean, what you're trying to do, what the story is, because the products have got to be good anyway. And then that was it. So then I was very focused on about telling my story, the brand story, and that's when we started filming everything um, and creating content. And then that was it, mate. That was, that was why I did it. But it was really nerve-wracking before I went on there because I'd never... A lot, a lot of people didn't know. A lot of people, people didn't... Oh, People didn't know I wore makeup. These people I didn't care about, who I was worried about, didn't know I wore makeup. So I'm this guy, this Jack the Lad. And then they definitely didn't know I had BDD. So it was just a way for me to just blur it out. And just luckily the reaction was unbelievable. And so I think there's other thing with mental health. A lot of people worry about what's going to happen. Right? The, wor- the unknown. Worry is unknown. Right? Stress a lot of the time is the unknown. Anxiety is on the unknown most of the time. What's going to happen? What happens if I do this? And that's what held me back, right? And then after you do do it, you realise what actually happens. Like, oh, I can't wish I did it before. Yeah, you got to prove that little voice wrong, right? And uh, it, it doesn't have to be a big statement. It can be like a little thing. And you do that little thing again and again and again. And eventually that voice gets quieter and quieter. And sometimes it comes back, but you just got to keep uh, keep showing up for yourself, right? That's kind of what it comes down to, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Mate, it's been a pleasure to chat to, to you today. As soon as I saw, I can't remember how Jack came on my radar, but I was, I was just blown away for it. I was like, I need to speak to someone about this. This is so sick. And like doing this, I do get a lot of people get in touch with me, asking me things, you know, and I have to be really careful what I say. Mm. I kind of see my, my, I'm a sign poster, you know, like I can say to people, well, go and have a look at this, go and speak to this person. But it kind of like, for me, it's perfect. I can go, there you go, go and have a look between that and the hub of hope everything's covered man it's so sick it's really Amazing. really cool but uh, mate, thank you for your time today mate i really really appreciate it pleasure tom you're a legend thanks so much mate no worries cheers man
to big up to the proper mental podcast. A proper mental podcast. <laughs>